0: everybody. Welcome to episode 49 of the Go Get Outside podcast. This is your host, Jason Milligan. Welcome back. Welcome aboard. We have returned after a two-month hiatus, and this is now officially the beginning of our third season. So who do we have on today's show? Well, we have Annabelle McClure and Andrea Hassler. They are two members of the Access Fund Conservation Team, and if you are not familiar with the Access Fund, it is an organization that protects access to climbing areas, helps maintain various climbing areas across the U.S., and works on educating the population about sustainable ways to climb and maintain good relationships with landowners and public areas. Annabelle and Andrea are two climbers who were hired by the Access Fund to live on the road for 10 months out of a Jeep, traveling around the U.S., taking care of different climbing areas and spreading the word. I met up with them a couple of months ago at the Women's Climbing Festival in Bishop, California, and we recorded this episode. And a quick shout out to my friend Alwin Acuna, who is the person who put me in touch with Annabelle and made this episode possible. So thank you, Alwyn. And I know you aren't all here to just listen to me babble, so I won't waste any more time. So let's go talk to Annabelle and Andrea about climbing, conservation, the Access Fund, big walls, women's climbing events, and poop tubes.
1: We work for the Access Fund, so we are the national conservation team. We travel the country for 10 months out of the year, going to different locations and doing conservation work.
0: That means it's your turn. she shrugs like that, that, that's the official, it's your turn.
1: You're
2: you're on the sharp end now. So I'm Andrea. uh, Yeah. And I work with Annabelle doing conservation work in climbing areas with the Access Fund. Grew up on the East Coast in Maryland, right outside of DC. Moved to South Carolina to go to college. Studied sport and entertainment management because I wanted to be a concert production tour manager and loved doing concerts and music and promotions, but didn't want to do it for work. I had always loved snowboarding since I was a kid and started traveling to the Southwest and made a little stop by Boulder, Colorado once and was like, Colorado is pretty cool. I also wanted to go to grad school, study geography. At
0: no point now have you said you climbed anything.
2: I climb things. <laughs> I do. I
0: no, I just I just think that's interesting. No, no please, please, please continue. So far we've talked sure. about concert management.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Expect the unexpected. Moved to Colorado. When I was there, I really got into climbing. I'd climbed before, but um, that's where I really got into it and had some good mentors and teachers over time. Got my master's, and while I was in school, met this home girl, and Yay. we started climbing together quite a bit, and uh, finished up school, started working for the university. Along the way, worked several side jobs, um, doing environmental education, environmental stewardship, and research. And one of the things that I found during that time is I'm really passionate about environmental stewardship. I'm passionate about getting people outside Side, and particularly encouraging people to give back to taking care of
1: the places that we love.
0: Annabelle's looking at you right now like she's never heard any of these things about you. She's looking at you like, who is this person? I don't, I I don't know I was just thinking is. like,
1: man, my interest sucked. I was like, I'm Annabelle and I'm right for the Access Fund. Uh. I'm going to hand the mic
2: back to you. Wait, you have your own. No, anyway, so then I started working for the university, started a trails program there and ran the outdoor recreation program, but didn't really like the nine to five grind. And so left my job office in job May. Struggles. Yeah, the office job blues. Left my job in May. Well, bought a van first. Uh, left the, the job priorities. in May. <laughs> Annabelle's dad helped me build a bed in the back of my van. Uh, wait, wait, wait.
0: wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to phrase that oh, a different way.
2: Is that bad? <laughs> he, he tested it. <laughs> he designed it. Yeah, and then uh, went out to to Yosemite in California for the month on a climbing trip, then spent another month living at 12,000 feet building trails, then did four months living at 9,000 doing environmental education. During that time, we applied to work for the Access Fund, and now we professionally travel and live out of a Jeep to do conservation work in climbing areas.
0: So she gave us her entire resume. It's
2: a life
1: story. Yeah. I, mean, I actually left really? out some
0: stuff. She left out some not. things. <laughs> so do you want another opportunity?
1: Yeah. <laughs> life story. Here we
0: go. You don't have to give your entire life story.
1: Yeah. So I was born in North Carolina, and I moved to Colorado as a kid when I was around six years old. And that's when I started climbing. My dad used to take me out around the Colorado Springs area. We'd go out to Garden of the Gods. And I think those are my earliest memories, out in Garden of the Gods climbing. Yeah, I didn't totally love climbing as a kid. I think sometimes my dad would push me, and it would make me a little scared. And as a little kid, when you're a kid doing first
2: ascents on Pikes Peak, <laughs> this like should
0: come. It's, later, it's right? funny. We, we said we were going to talk about daddy issues as a joke, but it looks like maybe we really are going to talk about daddy issues.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my dad's awesome. He's He's good. Good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Apparently, he's, he's great at building beds.
1: Laying the foundation. Yeah, so I started climbing as a kid and kept it up, but I didn't really get into it until I was in college at UCCS in Colorado Springs, which is when I met Andrea, coincidentally. But that's when I kind of started getting into it more on my own, started getting my own gear and going out with friends and that sort of thing. And was part of the climbing club there for a few years Progressed from there. I actually went to school for biochemistry and moved out to California, and that's when I really started getting more into like big wall climbing and stuff. After moving to California, I started training with some friends I met out here, trained for half dome, so that was my first big wall. It was super awesome. And as soon as I did that, all I wanted to do was more of that. And all I wanted to do was that. Yeah. <laughs> so then I started, like, lassoing Andrea. Like, come on. <laughs> come out to California. I don't know who had the lasso there. <laughs> I was like,
2: yeah, yeah. Walls, rocks, a lot of it. Days on end. And then sure. I was like, so? You got a van?
1: Hmm. You have some mini mm. trip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know
0: this is going to be hard for you both to believe since we are at a women's climbing festival mm-hmm. that I was somehow allowed into. <laughs> There's, so some people who listen to this podcast aren't climbers. Oh, so okay. they don't know the difference between big wall climbing okay. and okay. whatever they've seen on mm-hmm. television. So yeah, tell people about what big wall climbing is and why it's awesome.
2: So just to like put a disclaimer, some people <laughs> that climb really hard, they can they can climb some really hard stuff and they're really strong climbers, think we're crazy for climbing yeah. big walls. <laughs> Most people that climb big walls are a little bit crazy
0: mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen any indications so it just
2: takes a you know <laughs> if you could see my eyes on the podcast
0: Yeah, thankfully they, they can't
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah so i think a big wall is basically anything that takes typically more than one day to get up so a big wall would be something like the face of half dome or el capitan and yosemite where you you know, it takes most people more than one day to climb. There are some crazy people out there, like Alex Honnold, and some other people who run up stuff in in a day. But you know, for the normal climbers, or
0: in two and a half hours,
1: right? Right, that is the record. Sprinters, <laughs> yeah. whatever. We're not sprinters; we are long distance climbers. <laughs> oh, you are climbers. you are not
0: the hares; you are the turtles who mm-hmm. win the race ultimately slow in and the steady.
1: end. Steady. Mm-hmm. So the setback to being the slow people <laughs> is uh, we have to haul all of our stuff up the rock with mm. us so we have this massive bag called a haul bag mm. because that's what you haul your stuff in you know you climb up a pitch which is usually around 100 feet or so then once you get to the top build an anchor and then you have to haul the bag using your strength and body weight the bag weighs about uh, anywhere from 100 to
2: 150 pounds it's carrying all your water food food sleeping stuff if you have it poop oh yeah tube Fancy tube. poop
0: tube. That's one of the things that non-climbers really haven't heard about is poop tubes.
2: Oh, poop tubes. Another <laughs> thing that Annabelle's dad helped us with. Yeah. He uh, helped he us he build He demonstrated? Earth. We had to figure that one out on our own. You know, sometimes you just got to push them <laughs> off the cliff. But no, we built a, a poop tube. So when you're on the wall, as, as we say, right, on a big wall, everybody's got to go. You should be going, in fact. And so uh, right,
0: right now. Pause this show, <laughs> evacuate your bowels, and come back, and we'll finish this conversation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we well, you could talk about pooping daddies this whole time if we wanted to. Um, so, yeah, so, so a, a PVC. Tube with caps on either end. One of those ends is removable. With bags,
1: and you, you poop in the bag, and then you put the bag inside the tube. And then that drags right. below the haul bag, so it's kind of mostly out of the way. And you make sure
0: not to confuse it with your food stores.
1: Yeah, correct.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and keep it readily available because sometimes you get a little
0: scared. And don't be one of the people who throws your poop off the wall.
2: Right? No, that's a big no-no. Yeah. No, there's actually a whole rock called manure pile because of that. Yeah, it's right by L Cap coop pile
0: it, it used to it, yeah. it used to be like flat and now it's
2: 50 <laughs>
1: feet tall
0: it's actually grown it's, yeah. it's, it's
2: petrified tall. and it's now people wrong. climb it yeah. <laughs> dirty dirt bags <laughs> climb anything it's vertical
0: so you decided i want to haul a bunch of shit up a wall in a heavy bag i want to crap into a tube
1: yeah and
0: i want to do this for multiple days right so explain to people why that's cooler they're going okay. to their gym and climbing on a plastic thing 20 feet and, okay. then, and then going home and The
1: exposure.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, like, I really, exposure I think is great. I really like immersion. I really like being out for long periods of time um, and being out and away uh, from roads and lights and, Stuff For me, I was getting to a place in my climbing. I was kind of stagnant. I wasn't growing in my climbing. I wasn't getting better. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I need to set some big goals. I called Annabelle and I said, hey, you got into that big wall thing, climbing Half Dome. I really want to climb a big wall. You know, let's let's do this. And she was like, oh cool, do you want to climb El Cap? And I was like, oh, like the biggest one? Yeah, let's start, the with, let's start
0: with the largest one available. Yeah, let's, okay.
2: <laughs> sure, yeah, when? June, it's October. I'm like, okay, cool. In hindsight, it really took my climbing to another level. I, I'm a goal-oriented, motivated type A kind of person, so having that kind of glowering off in the distance that I was working towards was really cool.
1: Yeah, and I think I mean L cap for most climbers is kind of like the coolest thing.
0: Was it the nose that you started with, or a different yes,
1: route? yeah, Thunder we did it. the nose. And did
0: you do it free, or did you aid it, or oh, we combination. That would be my <laughs> assumption.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but we did. Yeah, yeah, combination. I think you know there's some yeah, there's you know, some mandatory free climbing and yeah but there's some stuff efficiency.
1: when you get up there too you're just like you're carrying like i don't know 30 40 pounds of gear right you know and then also after every pitch you have to haul so it's so exhausting like i remember at one point we got to oh, this pitch it's called a five seven is what they call yeah, it you could see the fingers which is a, quote, rating, unquote, five, seven. Which is a, a rating for climbing that's you know fairly easy like, right, it's pretty yeah. beginner Easy kind of finding. climbing level, and uh, I remember getting on that pitch. It was like the beginning of day three, I think it was. Yeah, I just got shut down right away. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm so tired mm-hmm. and so sore, and this is hard." Mm-hmm. And it's a five-seven. It's literally, I think, the easiest thing on the whole route. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just was struggling because I, you know, just three days of being on the wall and just physically exerting yourself to the max every day, and it was pretty challenging.
2: And, and for listeners, if you don't know what big wall climbing is, you might not know what aid climbing is, which is basically instead of using your hands and feet to climb the rock, you're placing equipment, placing gear. It comes in many different shapes and forms and sizes and colors. and You're placing that into uh, slots or openings or gaps in the rock. And then you're pulling or stepping on that gear using slings, pieces of webbing or rope. And then that's how you go vertical, how you ascend
0: Rock and very few climbers actually like to do it.
2: In <laughs> you know. fact, what, what are, yeah,
0: let's, let's see. Do either of you actually like aiding? Yes, oh, so you like it. Do you yeah, like because
2: it? Because I can't climb that strong, <laughs> so with aiding, I can get places that I couldn't right. get otherwise.
0: But would you ever say, like, oh, let me just go out and aid all day just no. for the sake of aiding? No, now.
1: for training. <laughs> so That's a solid out. no for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love aiding for when I get to that point on the wall when I'm like so scared and I'm just like, oh, thank god, I can on this piece of gear you know but as far as like going out for a climb i definitely wouldn't choose to go for any climb unless i'm trying to get up on a big wall which again yeah. it's more about the total experience or if it's
2: like a really cool route like you did that cool route in tucson in mount lemon where oh it's just yeah just like this
1: beautiful it was the line What was it called the bill on the goosehead? Yeah. And it just goes out underneath this massive roof, and it's totally exposed on either side. You're on the side of this mountain, literally, just mm-hmm. hanging out there, and it's so cool because you're just right. hanging out there. Yeah, but you totally—it's a—it's a bolt line, so you just go from bolt to bolt, eating it.
0: So you had climbed Half Dome prior to El Cap. You decided El Cap should <laughs> be your introduction to Big Wall. I
2: think Annabelle decided that for me. Yeah, and I was just—I I think I think I did
0: hear that. Did you start with Half Dome, or did you progress? Yeah, I did, progress? So you started which is with also Half Dome. not
1: really most people's you yeah, know, it's, order Yeah, it doesn't of things. seem
0: like a great idea.
1: Yeah, because it's, uh, <laughs> it's a massive climb. The thing about Half Dome, too, is... It's 2,000-ish is, feet, right? It's 2,000 feet to get to the base of the climb, and then it's 2,000 feet of vertical climbing. Mm. So I think, for me, the crux of the climb was the hike, because you know, you're carrying, again, that massive amount of gear and ropes in your haul bag right. up this 2,000-vert just in hiking and for climbers hiking is like the worst thing you know the only reason we hike anywhere is to get to a climb or get off of it yeah it's not yeah. like our pleasure like yeah, and it's, activity yeah
0: it <laughs> is especially not gear. with a haul bag yeah not bed. with all
1: the gear I mean ha- maybe if I had a nice <laughs> light pack um, yeah be more happy
2: and it's different too when we're talking about these sheer vertical rock faces and Yosemite because I had climbed 2,000 foot climbs before in the Black Canyon of the Gunnison and some people would call that big walls because they're you know, multiple pitches. You know, two thousand feet.
0: But were these the right. sorts of two thousand foot routes you could do in a single day, or were these? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right.
2: So so different. And some of it, you know, it was just like really easy scrambling. Mm-hmm. Um, like low doing aiding. solar
0: slab in in a red mm-hmm. rock or something where mm-hmm. it's about fourteen hundred feet, but you can do it in a few hours. Right. Even exactly. Even if you're not a great climber like me. Well,
2: I don't know if you're not a great climber. I'm not
0: a great climber. I bet you're so great. great. No. Take. 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 Take.
1: Yeah. So I had and I had actually mm. done Washington column as well which is considered a big wall but we did it in a day so i left my job sold all my stuff packed up my van
2: drove to california picked up annabelle and yeah i was living in santa cruz at the time in santa cruz yeah and we drove to yosemite got there at like five o'clock went and climbed the poo pile manure pile the one we you, we're talking did about. you add
0: anything yeah. to it No. No. Whatever you can do to just keep in it higher and higher. Everybody do your part.
2: (laughs) And then Access Fund is
0: gonna love
1: Oh gosh.
2: (laughs) No, really. Use a bag, pack it out, or dig a hole six to eight inches
1: deep at least. Wag bags, iffy bags, bags, whatever you gotta do. Poop tubes. Yeah. Get that poop out of there. And
2: then the next day, per some advice from some people. Animal's My dad. dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: just get on El Cap. You'll figure it out as you're up there. You know, you like through oh, it's good it. weather.
1: Get up there. So we went. Yeah, we, we did one. one we did day backer of... cracker. One bouldering problem. Yeah, we did some bouldering and then geared up and, and then, then set out. Packing. Yeah, yeah.
0: So both of you, I'm assuming, were already trad climbers. Yeah, probably sport <laughs> climbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They decide you want to do big balls mm-hmm. How did that experience differ? Once you moved out onto Half Dome and El Cap, the climbing <laughs> itself, or just in general, yeah, just I mean, all, it's all around the climbing, the experience.
1: I think yeah, you know, for different. me, my first one was Half Dome. It was a game changer, I've got to say. I went with my good friend Chris. We were supposed to go as a team of three, but our other friend uh, Gerardo wasn't able to join us at the last minute. So we went as a team of two, which actually ended up working out really well. We were able to climb it, but I did halfway up the climb, almost exactly halfway. I took the craziest fall, probably still to the state that I've taken, and flipped upside down and popped a cam and fell onto these two rusted old pitons. That really shouldn't have held, but due to the situation and they were at directionals, they held. Yeah, it was like the most awesome, but also the most scary experience I'd ever had. Probably to a certain
0: degree, also was why it was awesome, right?
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were times on LCAP. I was just hanging out like, this is so rad. I'm just hanging off this rock wall, just looking down, like taking videos like, mom, check it out. <laughs> Your you mom's know? like, oh. I didn't show we, her then. Were you sending
0: videos to Annabelle's dad? <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Actually, well, we have a funny story about that later. <laughs> um, but uh, But then there were also times where I was like so scared that I only kept on climbing because I was like, well, this is the last climb I'm ever going to do for the rest of my life. So I might as well do it. But I think that, you know, in those moments, you know, sometimes we just like when you come to like your deepest, darkest insecurities and, and then overcome them, that it's it's really cool. And it only, you know, for me, like that that extreme situation where I was confronted with some stuff right was like wow okay like I can overcome this and yeah. work through it
1: and then it's empowering you yeah because you, you mm-hmm. work through it and then it's like oh I can do anything
2: right yeah then love. you like
1: finish the climb and you're like I'm oh, a badass what are you guys
2: doing down there in the green dragon <laughs> yeah you think this is cool you don't even know but it is cool you
1: never try What's you good? never
2: know you never try you never know <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so so what you're saying is it helped you get a sense of superiority over other people no <laughs> I would say superior I think that's I didn't mean to come off that way
2: not at all but, no that was Annabelle <laughs> <laughs> More, uh, s- more superiority over myself.
0: Yeah, you know? I, 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 yeah, I totally agree. And I'm just giving you a hard time. Oh, well, no, of course. But yeah. I absolutely feel the same way. One of the things I've always liked about climbing is exactly that. It's mm-hmm. you against you. Instead of you trying to be the guy who's better at throwing this ball here than this other guy. Yeah.
2: And I think that that was so cool. So what we haven't told you yet is that we haven't yet made it to the top of El Cap together. (laughs) You haven't told me yet. Annabelle went back and climbed it later on when I wasn't out in California anymore. With someone more reliable. But... (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, I'm just seeing how,
0: how far I can go before, I, before you punch me in the eye.
2: I just take this I'm like <laughs> sitting phone. back and watching, yeah. like, what's going to happen, what's going
1: to happen. He's got, like, take, take, take. I,
2: I got I to gotta
0: get these uh, downloads up, so I've got to yeah. get some violence in this episode. <laughs> You were talking about how together you have both oh, yeah. failed repeatedly to get to the top of El Cap. Well,
1: only one time. We <laughs> we only, only, stop, one, yeah, yeah, we only tried
2: it the one time.
1: Well, we did not make it to the top of we El Cap. We, uh, we ended up sleeping on top of the boot flake, which is about halfway, a little over halfway maybe. Unplanned. You know, it kind of got dark on us. We both had kind of had our three-day fill of exposure. Hanging mm-hmm. on the side of the cliff, I think we were both just yeah. mentally exhausted. So I have to tell this story because it's so funny.
2: I climbed the bootflake, set the anchor, I'm hauling the haul bag.
1: Annabelle jugs up
2: the rope, and when she gets on top of the bootflake, it's a eight <laughs> foot long, six inch wide, detached rock formation that is mysteriously attached. To El Capitan. And it's like
1: 1,500 feet in the air or something. Is or? that yeah. the
0: one that the, you do the king swing? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so right you above guys bailed that. before the king swing?
1: Well, Bye. we'll get there. We oh, okay, did the okay. king swing. I know, yeah,
0: I don't want to get We still ahead. had to do the king swing. <laughs>
2: so I get up on top of it and I build an anchor and I'm hauling the bag and it was another one of those like you know there were times at the beginning of the pitch I was like what am I doing this is scary and then I get to the top I'm like I'm a badass mm-hmm. you see that did everybody down there see that that was cool
0: there probably <laughs> were some people down in the valley oh, with a yeah. telescope oh, yeah. pointed at you oh, so. oh, yeah.
2: we uh, so found much. that out later when we got down <laughs> to the ground that there's yeah, there someone pictures. down there taking pictures we blog. totally
0: we totally got some <laughs> great <laughs> pictures of you with your poop tube if, yeah. you, if you'd like to save Actually, those
2: for later I'm <laughs> falling and Annabelle gets up and she just has this look on her face and I was like oh dude what's up she's like I was just falling asleep on top of Texas Flake which was a pitch that she climbed where she like had to chimney using her feet on one side, her back on the other side on perfectly smooth rock for like 40 feet with no unprotected. gear. Unprotected. It was unprotected. scary, yeah, Totally unprotected. So then she's sitting on this other detached flake with, you know, a 30 foot, 40 foot drop in front of her and then a 1,500 foot drop behind her It's asleep. like a foot wide, yeah. Because I was just so exhausted. you yeah, know. So she gets up there and she puts her face up against the rock wall. Like standing on this ledge Standing on this ledge, right? <laughs> you know, like like imagine that picture of Alex Honnold with his back but up against around. the rock wall but turned around. So you yeah. were
0: Honnoldine the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was Honnoldine yeah. the wrong
2: She's at her face up against the rock. I'm like, dude, what's up? She's like, I feel like my mom just told me to go into timeout and think about what I've done. I can't look down there. And meanwhile, I'm hanging off the side of the rock hauling the bag, like literally like 30 just, feet down, just hanging off the And I literally row, can't you know? even think. Yeah.
1: I'm just like, I'm in timeout.
2: I'm in timeout. In and I'm like, hey, shit, right? Because she's the experienced big wall, right? And I'm like, I'm like this newbie. So I'm like, oh, shit, should I be scared? I'm scared now. Oh, boy. Are we in time out? Do we have dunce caps? I don't know what to do. So so we're like, so we decide. We're like, you know what? Like We could do this. It's going to take us a week. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what day um, was this?
0: Day three, you said? Day this three. is day three.
2: Yeah. You know, I look at the topo and we're like, okay, we have four more pitches to get to the next bivvy spot. The sun's going down.
0: Yeah, it was like um, sunset when yeah. we were
2: figuring this out. Yeah, the sun's going down. Right now, we're averaging like two hours a pitch. You know, by the time that everything's said and done and ready to go, like slow, just way too slow, way too slow. Like, you, we should be doing a half hour, you know, like we're, okay. we're slow. So, I like look at the topo. Well, this topo says that this is an okay bivvy for one,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which a
2: bivvy is when you, when you sleep right on the, side of, the, cliff. On the right. side of a cliff. And, you know, imagine you like a two by six is what we're standing on. You know, like fifteen hundred feet there,
1: <laughs> and then I look. <laughs> we look at the wall. There's bolts,
0: but maybe compared to other things you were standing on earlier that day, that seems yeah. very spacious. It did, right? Because yeah. <laughs> right. when you're
1: just hanging in your harness, and then you get to stand right. on something, you're just like, oh, there's yes. Bolts. <laughs> so then we looked at the wall,
2: and there were bolts on the wall. Yeah. And we look and we're like, oh, these are spaced out enough for our hammock
1: that we brought because we brought everything. Oh, so you brought bag.
0: hammocks, not a portal ledge? Correct.
1: No, yeah. yeah, we went for the lightweight option because we were thinking, you know, we wouldn't, we would just make it to ledges every night. We wouldn't need a portal ledge. But we brought the hammock because we, we like a hammocking. hammocking. <laughs> yeah, we like hammocking and we and knew. it turns we were. out. Might need it, <laughs> yeah. which we did.
0: Do you have a rain fly for your hammocks?
1: Uh, I do did, have them, but we didn't bring think we it. We bra- brought it, yeah.
2: So we you just,
0: you just hoped for good weather.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. So we hung the hammock. We slept there. We have a picture. It's on lcapreport.com, June 5th, 2016.
0: That sounds like a photo you could send me, and I'll put it on the website Yeah, we'll send
2: it to you. And also, the series of photos the next day <laughs> as we began our descent. After 22 pitches of climbing, yeah, I don't know, something like that, whatever, <laughs> however many pitches, it took we started us a full our descent day to wrap down. Yeah, so
1: Annabelle does the king swing where she lowered down off of the boot flake.
2: Oh wait, wait, we called your dad.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The night so we called. We're hanging in the hammock and we're like you know in shame shame you we decided we had yeah, to, like, we're we had gonna to bail, bail you know so we're just like super sad and planning and, like, this for everything. 8 months and now we're going down so we call my parents you know and we're just like oh yeah we're up on the boot my dad's you know a big climber so he knows exactly oh how. the old boot yeah. plate. <laughs> yeah and then he just it's goes detached off. you know he just goes off on this tangent Don't about look at the ground,
0: how you be terrified yeah, yeah.
1: he's oh. like oh yeah you know the old boot that's you know that's completely detached from the wall and we're like dad we're Sleeping here tonight. So Can you you're not-, not? Still there? We used to joke that if you brought a crowbar up there, you could just knock it off and
2: ride it down into the bottom of the valley. Don't kick it too hard. And we're like, we're, we're sleeping, sleeping here hanging in this hammock, like
1: fifteen hundred feet in the air.
2: Just like Dad, why are you telling us this? And then he reminds us that rappelling is the most dangerous part of climbing. Right.
0: <laughs> and then you have what fifteen rappels ahead of you? Something yes. like that. Yeah.
2: yeah. A yeah. full day of rappelling. It was. And the first rappel, Annabelle does the king swing, right? So stoked. Gets it pulls around, gets to the acre, and I'm like, you're a queen! Right, because the day before, we only saw two climbers in three and a half days. They were speed climbers. One of them was a Patagonia ambassador from France, and the other one was a friend that we made in in Camp, Camp four, 4 right before we left. We heard them do the king swing, and they go, you're a king! And then when Annabelle does it, I go, you're a
0: queen! Oh, maybe maybe maybe, maybe you can get them to rename it. I know, the queen it should swing. be. The queen swing. The queen swing. Maybe then you need to get to, to the, the top first. we have the bag.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Before we have anything named we after have the, a haul bag, 150 pounds of all of our sh- stuff to get down, not just ourselves, but our gear right. to get to the bottom. That's going to be a huge yeah. pain,
0: wrapping with a haul bag.
2: Well, yeah. it actually, pain is a good way to, <laughs> um, because the first repel, I lowered the bag off of a tether, which is a thin rope that we use to kind of lower the bag out to a better place in order to haul it up. But we were now going the opposite way, reversing the system. And when I lowered it off of the tether, as opposed to the haul line, which I should have, the haul bag just went flying through the air. And I knee-jerk reactioned, without my gloves on, grabbed the haul rope and oh. got second-degree burns on my entire
1: left
0: hand instantly. And some
1: of your right hand. Yeah. So, but like, I was, like, down below. Couldn't and see me. Couldn't see her because it's around the corner and up above. And, and so all, she all I did... You weren't in
0: the fall zone of the haul bag, you? No,
1: luckily no, I was just luckily. to the side of it. Yeah. But yeah. the haul bag comes just, like, whipping by me, you know? And, and all I... she can hear is just, like, bloody yells Just screaming, just like curling. death screams. Yeah. And I can't see her, and she's just screaming, and I was like, oh, my God. Because I'm imagining, you know, if she right. was lowering the bag off of, like, a Grigri or something, mm-hmm. like- there's just no way that that would have happened. Like the rope would have had to break, or the anchor would have had to blow, or something. Crazy. Her arm is falling off. So she's off. like imagining. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like imagining this mangled, she's like mangled, in just like a <laughs> tangle of anchor and rope, and like I don't even know if she's like cut in half or what. Yeah. And I've been
2: through pain before in my life, but this was top. This is this really like kind of topped the list of pain to the point where like, you know, my brain I couldn't think about. Other things or nothing. Yeah. All I could do was just curl over and scream, and it was like my brain was just filled with my own screaming. We're and really pain. making big walls. Like <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. I can't w- go. Can't wait to go back. <laughs> I'm Not joking. Yeah. And so but, then finally, yeah. finally, I'm like, my hands. And animal, I was like
1: so relieved because yeah. I'm like imagining she's like dying up there, you know, just yeah. like in some bleeding and I'm like, out,
2: you know. And knows? I had
1: gotten sucked into the anchor when the bag fell because I was pulling in the slack on the other end. So as soon as oh, the bag right. fell, it like jerked me up into the wall and I got smashed into the wall and the anchor. So. I was like not in a great spot either, and all I can hear is her screaming. And I know, yeah. like you know, she's she's obviously in a lot of pain. A, if she's not like mangled or cut in half or I don't know what. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm imagining like she's gonna do something stupid right. because like so what she... do you do when you're in that much pain? <laughs> right. You can't right. think. Yeah. You know, much less like think of a system and get in a good place. I mean, you're 1,500 right. feet in the air. So she's the tri- dumb well, that was the dumb thing. That, was the dumb, <laughs> thing. that <laughs> okay. was the dumb thing. No more
2: dumb things happened after well, that. Good. Actually, yeah. I remember her try- She was trying to talk to me you know like a partner does like okay you know don't do I don't I don't even remember what
1: she was saying but yeah, she was I saying was just words like, and all I could say is to... shut up I can't think. Yeah and that's exactly <laughs> what I was worried about because I had no idea like how injured she was and right. then she finally in the middle of her screams was like my hands and I was just like phew oh her hands oh that's like one part of her body like that means the rest of her body is probably fine. And, like... and, and again
0: are you still attached to the anchor at this point yes. or are you okay mm-hmm. so you're thankfully not on rappel at this no, moment
2: yeah. no 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 Where I'm standing really on the bootflake you could bad decision yeah. so what would have been really cool if then the bootflake broke off and I got to ride <laughs> right. it down yeah. as opposed to have to sweet. spend an entire day <laughs> rappelling with one hand and then Annabelle I remember this so distinctly she goes you know I'm like I can't think my hands blah, blah, blah. she's like okay well I'm not really in a good situation right now either and it was like this like snap like oh my gosh like I need to, I need to clear my mind that I knew that situation. we were rappelling yeah. so I could sacrifice water poured water my hands to cool it down and kind of took some time who I have no clue how long it was but took time and kind of got myself together looked at my system check double check triple check quadruple check I don't even I just kept on checking the same thing over and over <laughs> again because I knew that I was kind of messed up because I was so injured and then finally kind of figured it out and then had to lower myself down around the corner pull myself around a corner with this, like, weighted, messed-up system that's not really conducive, and then get to Annabelle, and I'm just, like crying and blah, blah 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 and she's just like handling it and like staying calm and we're like okay we're gonna leave our water here and i'm just like you know she's just like i don't know what you're trying to say basically what she's trying to
1: say is she is a tough ass she like handled it and we were able to repel all the way to the ground safely. Uh, so you're saying she yeah.
0: was bragging is what you're
2: saying. <laughs> <laughs> so you know i messed up and hurt myself but, but you totally know perfect. still got down
1: <laughs> yeah, she totally handled it, yeah. and we got down safely yeah. with our bag and everything. We left a couple gallons of water, I think, for some happy for climbers. For the next climbers. That came up, probably. Yeah. yeah.
0: One thing that I think is cool about this, not that it's cool that you guys had to bail yeah. and burn your hands and all, right. is it kind of illustrates that bailing off of a big wall is also a big process and it's not like because I think some people think like oh who just bail if things go bad we just bail as if that's that's not another issue even multi-pitch bailing can be a big deal yeah
1: especially if there's not like fixed anchors luckily enough people have bailed off the nose that there's fixed anchors the whole way down Mm -hmm. so we were able to just you know but it's still a process with the haul bag and pulling the ropes
2: you know we get down I mean a full day later you know, the oh, end yeah, of the day, is, the like, sun's setting, the and story. we're getting down to the ground.
1: <laughs> right. We get At down
2: Annabelle's to the dad ground. Is there. No. <laughs> right. And our friends meet us there, Gerardo. And he was like, oh, yeah, everybody thinks you two are the toughest girls in the valley. And we're, and like, we're like,
1: everybody. Like, we only know you, you and, your you two and friends. like, two <laughs> other people here, you know? Like, yeah. we've, we had literally, because we were only right. in the valley for, like, one day before we took off. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, we've just been, like,
2: up here on this wall in our own little la Yeah, like, haven't
1: seen anyone except for those two guys. And and then we bailed.
2: So we're like, yeah, toughest girls. right? Pshaw. So then, you know, they, he met us at the base with a couple of friends. They drive they, us back to Camp yeah, 4. Yeah, carried our stuff, drive us back to Camp 4, carry our stuff back into Camp 4. We get to our site, and it's just like beer, food, sleep on the ground. I'm out. Right. Well, there's like 30 people in our campsite when we get there. Oh, yes. and like, we're everyone just starts like, clapping Did they
0: have a, we'll a, they have a banner out for you? No, well, not
1: they quite. This they all just us. Yeah, they all just like stood up and started clapping, so clapping and cheering,
2: and, and we're just like we we're look at each other across like, the fire and we're smelling
1: like, like, what like shit, is just literally. like you know, literally been baking on the side of this wall right. for like three days. Yeah, and based
0: on the what happened with that haul bag, right. maybe you really were smelling like actual.
1: Luckily, no. But you know, and then. I I
2: remember like somebody was staying next to me and I was like mm, you guys know we bailed right <laughs>
1: and they were like yeah
2: it's awesome <laughs> we were like no, what yeah. it's awesome they're like yeah we've
1: been watching you all day yeah people have been going out to the meadow and like watching us from they the would like El go Cap and meadow. check up
2: on us like oh where are the girls at oh they're at Dalt tower oh my gosh they're oh there comes this thing you know and so, we had so no cool. clue right we just thought that we were like two crazy <laughs> chicks on the side right. of a cliff like just so surviving cool. <laughs> meanwhile well, you're
0: a reality Shout show you to don't Tom know about. Tom Evans, yeah. who's <laughs>
2: covering the story and making sure that we were safe, you know. And he's watching us from the valley. He's a photographer. He has a blog. And he um, actually had photos of us climbing and descending and captured the entire haul bag. Fiasco. Me doubled over. <laughs> like, he has a picture of me doubled over on top of the boot flake. You know, and, and his comment was we like... We didn't even know. Yeah, we had no clue. His comment was like, I watched her to see if she was hurt, but after a quick moment... Like I think that that was an exaggeration. I don't think it was quick. I have no clue. But you know, she she recovered and was able to get herself down to Annabelle. And they're you know by now they're probably on the ground. Well, he had this whole thing, and 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 we got bail of the day.
1: Yeah, it's on like his thing. block, we had no oh, idea. Really? And people yeah. were like remi- like telling us that when we got back to camp four. Everyone's like, oh, I bet you'll get bail of the day. Yeah. I bet you'll it's get like, bail of the day. Have you <laughs> we're ever like, seen what is that? Do we yeah. want that? Is that yeah. good? <laughs> is that bad? Like what, what is the movie? bail of the Jay day? Jay and
2: Silent Bob. Have you seen that?
0: Yeah, the Strike okay, Back whenever or Jane Silent Bob Strike Back.
2: Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And then he goes to see uh, Ben Affleck, and Ben Affleck's showing him, like, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, and yeah, Jay yeah, goes, yeah. what is the internet? That's exactly how I felt when they were like, yeah, we've been reading about you on lcap.com. I'm sorry, I know I've been gone for two days, but I'm officially crazy again. I, I like, hope
0: there were more positive comments on that webpage than you would have found well, on IMDb.
2: <laughs> that's what made me think when you said, like, that getting down, because there was another couple of girls. This one girl commented. She was like, oh, yeah, I remember going through a similar thing with my partner, but we we were too scared to repel, so we just kept on climbing. Yeah,
1: like hindsight, I think continuing to climb would have been easier. Way easier. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is
0: funny how that works out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it was kind of, we were kind of at the halfway point. So it was one of those like last chance.
0: Right. Although really it's right. not.
1: And really, we were like way past that we were
0: technically. That, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. that also right because that's 50 50. So it's like, well, right. it's either a lot more climbing or a mm. lot more repelling, yeah. and they're equal. So which yeah. do you, Appellings yeah.
2: nowhere near as fun as climbing. Yeah. I know a
0: lot lonely. of canyoneers that would disagree with you, oh, but. Oh, you're but,
2: right. <laughs> actually, can yeah, but, that's what But you don't
0: have but a massive bag when you're, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you get to go through rad that's waterfalls cool. and yeah. stuff.
2: <laughs> so then, you know, of course, like, we love telling the story, as you can tell. And when we were interviewing for our job, you know, it was like, we, <laughs> we were going. <laughs> Let, yeah. Yeah. Let me
0: tell you why we're the perfect people <laughs> for this job. Because
2: we bail off of big stuff with one hand. We got
0: bill of the day.
2: Yeah, we got bill of the day.
0: Access Fund well, we bill of the day?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but before you talk about that, yeah. tell people what the Access Fund is because oh, some people sure. don't know. And if you're a yeah. climber and you don't know what the Access Fund is, you need to not only know what it is, mm-hmm. but then you need to take your ass to the internet and yeah. go donate to it mm-hmm. because the things you're climbing on are thanks to them. But I'll let you guys yeah. explain it.
2: Yeah, so the ACCESS Fund National Nonprofit Climbing Conservation Organization. All right, so what we do is, uh, it's in the name, we fund ACCESS. We do that in a few different ways. I like to break it up into three things, and we're one month into the job, so um, you so know, you could be fired Annalise. <laughs> if we say it's on and off, we're trying. We're still learning how best to give our spiel. But I like to break it up into three things. One yeah. thing that we do is literally protect access. So if there is a place where people go to climb, and it's being threatened, either the landowner or manager doesn't want climbing there, or is trying to prevent people from going climbing there, or the land's going for sale yeah yeah we'll go in and we'll help ensure that people can still go and climb there so that might be purchasing the land giving loans to local climbing organizations to purchase the land working with land managers addressing any issues like if they need
1: insurance or something Mm -hmm. for climbers climbing on their property
2: yeah so we have like a revolving loan program that you know we have loans to acquire land that will pay off over time. So that's kind of the first, like, protecting access. The second is stewardship of those climbing areas to protect the resource. And so we'll go in. We're the conservation team, national. There's three conservation teams that travel the country um, and do conservation work, stewardship work in climbing areas. So that could be anything from doing cleanups graffiti removal chalk removal to building trails doing erosion control installing signage making sure that there's good sustainable parking areas stewarding the climbing area so that it is sustainable for the long term and also that feeds back into maintaining our access to climbing because if we don't take care of these places then we really
1: i think lose our right to climb there. and for climbers those are often in the form of adopta crags is what we call them mm-hmm. the events and we'll have climbers come out and volunteer with us and we'll lead them for the stewardship event mm-hmm. so like we're doing one uh here in bishop yeah. tomorrow and we're gonna do some trash pickup and rehab from the festival here this mm-hmm. weekend yeah and then the third realm um, that we kind of delve into is what I call
2: like our education and outreach right? So we want to teach people how to climb responsibly. So we have a rock project and the Pact. Um, If you don't know the Pact, go and check it out. I don't have it memorized yet, but it includes things like pick up your trash, dispose of waste properly, those kind of leave no trace ethics, but specifically for climbing. And so we want to educate people about how to act when you're at a crack. You know, when we go climbing, we're so focused on getting up to the top, you know, or getting back down, whatever. Oftentimes we're climbing on public land and we're not the only user And we're not the only people that are there, and we're not the only living beings. And and
0: I I think an important thing that we have to remember, too, is if it is land owned by another group, and they are not involved in climbing Mm. in any capacity, to them, we seem like a liability.
2: Right. Mm. Yeah. We want to make a good name for climbers. You know, if we're going into a public land, we don't want it to be, oh, well, climbers just come in here, and they just trash it, and they just, like— Stomp all over the hillside. Yeah. Right. They the just want to go in and, and, and just climb and that's it, right? Like we want to, you know, that that ethic, that land ethic, that we are a part of the places that we go to and we should act accordingly. And so we want to educate people um, about that. And so we've got the Rock project that we um, have been doing with Black Diamond for a while, getting out into climbing gyms, kind of that gym to crag of people climbing and they're going outside, you know, what to do. We've started doing some visits with youth climbing teams um, doing some youth education and outreach we also one of the things I really love about what we're doing as of recently with a lot of the issues around public lands is just kind of like public education about what are all these different house bills what does this mean for climbing how can climbers get involved and help protect climbing areas help protect our public lands and so yeah so we've got this kind of like education outreach arm and then we work a lot with government representatives. We've got a lobbyist in D C. We work with land managers and so um and then local climbing organizations.
0: And the two of you yeah. have a very special job. Yeah kind of newly designated it's only been a year or two that they've been doing this right
1: it's actually been about five years oh it has yeah, been that long but it's okay. been they
0: just
2: expanded yeah. this
1: year to three teams it was two mm-hmm. teams for the last few years and then... the last one year was two teams oh, before okay. that it was just one team
0: you're both a month into this mm-hmm. explain everybody what your job is because your job is particularly cool
1: yeah, so we are the national conservation team for the Access Fund. So we travel all over the country for, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> for 10 months out of the year, and we do all the stuff Andrea was just talking about. So we go um, to new locations. We do stewardship events like we're doing here in Bishop, trail work or trash pickup at different climbing areas, that sort of thing. Um, we also do a lot of education and outreach. I think that's um, one of the key components of our job is really like going to festivals like we're here at the Women's Climbing Festival, and just talking to people about you know what the access fund is what we do And we talk about poop a lot what to do with poop when you're out climbing I just wanted to This, is, this that. is the recurring theme of this episode. <laughs> we just had to throw that in there. <laughs> but we also do, um, you know, gym visits. Like Andrea was saying, we've, we've been trying to do more uh, meeting with like the youth climbing teams, which I think is really good because especially kids, they're young and they're just starting to go outside maybe, you know, and they've grown up climbing the gym. It's really important to teach, I think, those ethics of how to mitigate your impact because we can all really only be responsible for ourselves. Okay. Um, and I think if everyone's educated and knows how, you know, what they can can do to lessen their impact on the land, then as a whole, rock climbers will have less negative impact.
2: And as a disclaimer, you know, like uh, we didn't have a conservation team come in and teach us this. We had mentors, you know Annabelle's dad, old school climbers and this has just been the reoccurring ethic this conservation ethic has always gone hand in hand with climbing. But we've got like a little bit of a changing scene going on in our climbing where maybe people don't have those kinds of mentors. They don't have that traditional passed on from generation to generation of climbing. And so our job is really trying to get that back out there. But but all of you climbers out there that are listening, don't think that, oh, the Access Fund, the conservation team, they're taking care of it. We all, as climbers, are a part of this community, and we all have a role in decreasing our impact and mentoring others.
0: One of the things I love about climbing and a lot of outdoor stuff in general is I think it reinforces... Personal responsibility. Mm. Yeah. Because no one else can be responsible for you in these things. Oh, you're so right. So carry that into the rest of your life, please. Yeah. Don't just think of it when you're on lead clipping a bolt or placing a piece of gear that you're yeah. responsible for yourself then. Carry that personal responsibility elsewhere.
2: I love that.
1: That's yeah, so cool. that's really good. Yeah.
2: So so that's that's kind of what we do in a nutshell. And you know, like you said, we're we're about a month in. Um, to this job.
0: So, so what does month one look like? What have you done uh, so far? It's awesome. Been
2: pretty cool. <laughs> Five states. Well, that's good
0: because you got nine more to go. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been great. We started in Colorado. Three days of training in the Boulder office, getting acquainted with the Access Fund of the different program directors and what we do, getting geared out by all of our awesome sponsors. Shout out to La Sportiva, Thermarest, GSI, Cliff Primus, Bars, bars REI. Um, Yeah, they definitely have set us up to be successful on the road, supporting the work that we do. Um, And then we went and our boss was like, oh, we're going to go to the homestead. For it's three a, days
1: of field training. It's a climbing area in Arizona,
2: which and the Access
1: Fund helped work to protect, actually.
2: Yeah, bought some of the parcels of land that were up for sale.
1: But the road to get in there is pretty crazy. It's like this really gnarly, like, 4x4, four four, kind of an off-road.
0: And you were in a Jeep, right? Pulling a, a trailer.
1: trailer. Yeah. And so last we do year, have year we did an adopt-a-crag.
2: Yeah. Last year the Access Fund did an adopt-a-crag there. We fixed up the road. But it's pretty bad, and it was like cool first day training. We're gonna drive thirteen hours to Arizona, and then you're gonna drive the your brand new Jeep that we just gave you the keys to, and With your the trailer, new trailer, <laughs> into this place. Up
1: this a crazy road. The
2: prep from from Ty. Thank you so much for reminding me. Don't forget you're pulling a trailer.
1: <laughs> Put it in four-wheel drive.
0: <laughs> Do they have your entire 10 months planned out or is it roughly, something that changes yeah. throughout the year? Okay. It can change. Yeah, it can change, so but you know send most you where of the you're needed like a superhero. Go,
1: well, yeah. yeah, exactly. Most of these events are kind of planned out like weeks and months if not yeah. years in advance. Right. And
2: we kind of go around the country like clockwork just chasing the sun. Yeah, I Feel
1: yeah, like we, I'm
0: retired or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just
0: follow the sun. <laughs> be, be careful they might stop paying you if they Please like, <laughs> <He's> don't. <dope. laughs> I like my job. So where do they where do they have you right now?
2: We are in Bishop, California, and we got here a couple of days ago for the Women's Climbing Festival. Um, so we had a booth today doing our membership drive. We do our membership drive at every event that we go at, which basically um, lowest membership level you still get the free T shirt. The free like okay, who doesn't have enough free T shirts? But when your free T shirt shows that you support the Access Fund and conserving climbing areas that's a t-shirt you want to be wearing
0: it's much better than the free t-shirt you got from the lawyer's office <laughs> I'm sure oh <laughs> so, so tell us about this festival that yeah. We are currently on the fairgrounds for but it's over it's nighttime so so He's it's not film. going on right yeah, now we've but you got to
2: go get watch the films here shortly So so um, what is this festival
0: and why is it important because mm-hmm. here here's the thing some dude somewhere is like we don't need to have a dudes climbing festival why do the girls dude get, climbing to-? You get for a dude climbing
1: festival every day you go out to the right, crack right right,
0: right. so <laughs> so, so, so so think that you're talking to that dude yeah, that yeah. doesn't understand uh-huh. and explain to them why this festival is important and, okay, and what let's it talk brings to people. let about the
2: birds and the bees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when two people really love each other,
2: <laughs> they come together and sometimes it
1: comes out of a boy and sometimes it comes out of a girl. And while we are <laughs> all equal, <laughs> yeah, so this is a women's climbing festival, mm-hmm. so it's, Mostly all women here, besides Jason.
0: And Owen and Nick are over there, yeah, yeah. creeping out. There's some, been some, some
2: men around.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I was a tomboy.
2: I didn't know Annabelle when she was a kid, but I assume she was a tomboy, too. Yep. Because I also had all sisters growing up. And so I kind of went through this thing where I was like, it was a few years ago, there were like lots of women's clinics coming out. Oh, women's only bike maintenance, women's only hiking. And I was really like, oh, Why? Why, why do that? Why Shouldn't we all be equal? And um, it wasn't until I was leading a backpacking trip for the college program that I worked for, five men and five women, and it was myself and a male co-leader. And we had to split up in the backcountry to decrease our impact. And I asked the group, how do you want to split up? They said, oh, let's do boys and girls. I said, okay. And whenever we'd get into girls camp, it was like the dynamic totally changed. It was like the women, their their true selves, their masks came off. And it was nothing against, like, they were faking it or anything like that. It was just a different dynamic that changed. And, and I've noticed it in my climbing, whenever I'm climbing with women as opposed to men. You know, we're, we're built similarly. We have a similar psychology and emotional ways of dealing with things. And so when... I have seen groups of women getting together. It's um it's very empowering and we can share some things with each other that we don't often do when we're around Ren, unfortunately.
0: And you don't have to worry about some dude trying to take control of everything yeah. and Ugh. institute his will upon everyone.
1: Yeah, okay, sorry and guys. And with climbing specifically too, I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of times women get objectified yeah. like with everything, but you know, climbing it's like always kind of a common topic like cuz right. we have all this gear like nuts. Some of the best climbers in the world are (laughs) women. You know
2: you think Lynn Hill or Ashima or you know what I mean these phenomenal female climbers but for the everyday average Jill there, there is this stigma and even you know I've worked in environmental stewardship for a while and i can't tell you how many times i'm leading a group of people building trails and i get some man that comes up oh do you want me to help you carry that rock and i'm I'm like i'm getting paid to carry this rock (laughs) like (laughs) what are you doing like (laughs) let me show you how it's done you know and and it's not to say you know I i don't think it comes from a bad place you know i think it's like a subconscious thing and it's like our it's partly just our nature and you know, I don't want to speak for the organizers of the event. Flash Foxy and Shelma, um, phenomenal woman, and she's very strong and powerful and really wanted, you know, to, to bring people together and get women out there and sending it. And um, I think that, you know, just like the energy last night was really cool. And um, it's
1: been really awesome today, just just girls getting yeah, together. it's, and it's been a really... Unique event, I think, for me. I've never been to like a women's festival like this. Yeah, so it's like just a really unique energy, and everyone's super positive. And I don't know, there's just kind of this unique like energy in the air, like everyone's mm-hmm. empowering each other, yeah. you know. And it's so inspiring for I think all of us here mm-hmm. to really like look at other women and be like, wow, you're so cool and strong and you're doing your thing. And like, it's just cool to see. And everyone has their own niche, you know. We're here with the Access Fund, there's other awesome organizations here with, you know, strong women. Yeah. leading their booths okay. or their tables or whatever and just talking about issues that we all have that mm-hmm. we all kind of deal with and it's yeah it's just been really cool to be a part of and be here
0: and, and for the dude that's maybe listening that still doesn't get it <laughs> maybe, maybe he can understand this when you can have an event like this and you can help women become more comfortable with all of these outdoor things and their place in it and all in the end he will benefit too because there will be more women outdoors that he can befriend or or, (laughs) or harass or whatever but it does benefit everyone for both genders to be comfortable and there also might be a different perspective that Mm. that dude hasn't experienced yet because he hasn't met enough women outdoors who are comfortable. Yeah
1: Yeah, I think the being comfortable thing is key you know because especially with climbing like it's easy to get out especially if you're pushing your limits and pushing your skill level and get somewhere and you know if there's some big strong dude comes up and just like flashes the problem you're looking at you know working on say you've been there like a dozen times before working on the same problem. He walks up and just climbs it and is kind of like oh yeah that was my warm up or whatever.
2: And then he tries to tell you how to do it. Well, Meanwhile he's like a foot taller than you. Yeah he's like oh yeah you just arms bigger Reach than up your to head. this
1: thing, and then do this, and then throw that cam, and you're just like, "Well, I can't reach that, and then I can't reach that, and then I can't do, that, you know." And so right. we have different beta for like how we're gonna approach things and how we're gonna climb them. And I think a lot of times it's it's kind of it kind of shuts you down a little bit when you when something like that. And That's just a random scenario, but when something like that happens, it's kind of like. Instead of feeling, like, empowered and inspired and motivated, it's kind of like, right. oh, well, I'm not good enough.
2: There's this this shift that's happening, and it's crazy. I mean, it was, what, in the 90s when Lynn Hill free climbed the nose? We love you, Lynn Hill. And, and that was so long ago, and yet we're still, there's still <laughs> these concepts um, and these barriers, and I think that stuff like this empowers women to acquire the skills That we can share with each other—the technical skills, the physical skills, the mental, emotional, psychological stuff—that's such a big part of the game. It's it's so
1: cool to just see women out sending hard stuff, and just I feel so like stoked for myself, and I think it is inspiring. But also just stoked for women in general. When I walk up to a crag and I see you know someone, some girl on lead climbing something hard, or even not just doing something, you know? It's yeah. like, yes, awesome. You do that. It's just when rad to see. We got down
2: from El Cap. Getting back to what we've been doing recently, we stayed with our friend Adria, Hi, Adria. Rad girl. She's amazing. Follow her when, on Instagram. Yeah, when we got down from El Cap, <laughs> We met her in the campsite, and she came up. She goes, I want to get a picture with you guys. I still remember that picture. <laughs> I just remember being like, we smell so bad. Please don't we come close so bad. We just bailed, and she was like, you guys are so rad. And we were like, okay,
1: thanks. Really, does she know that we bailed? Yeah, yeah, and,
2: um. You know, but lifelong friends. We just spent two two weeks staying with her in Tucson and climbing. She and totally climbing showed us around and getting micheladas <laughs> and hanging out in Baba Kavari.
0: And Tell us about some of the things you're looking forward to that are down the road in the next nine months. Uh,
2: yeah. Indian yeah. Creek, Red Rocks, Joshua Tree. Are you going to
0: be at the Rendezvous? Red Rock? Yeah, we'll yeah. be at the Red Rock oh, Rendezvous. Yeah. 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 We'll see you guys okay, awesome. cool. We'll see you there too. We'll also and those
2: two. <laughs> oh yay! Over oh, cool. there, we'll be there too. Nice. Um, anybody else? Come, we'll see. you if they, if, yeah. if they haven't even tickets, it's yeah. still oh. available. Oh, okay, yeah. We'll also be at Indian Creek for Creek Week. Actually, it already there.
0: happened also by the time this comes
2: out. Oh, okay. So come
0: next year. So maybe we saw you, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you were saying Indian Creek. Yeah,
2: Indian Creek, we're there for a week doing trail work. So if you That's like crack climbing at Indian Creek... Oh that place is amazing. Um crack we'll be song, there cracks
1: crack yeah. crack yeah, crack crack on cracks on cracks on cracks. Just lots
2: of it. We'll be there for a week doing stewardship and then we go to the Red Rock Grand which is super exciting. Google and the Honold Foundation have donated thousands of dollars to survey Red Rocks for trails in the future. So uh, keep your eye out for that really cool access fund project that's that's getting underground Coming underway. Up. Yeah. Um, Then we'll be in San Diego doing a training there. And then Joshua Tree. I've never been. I'm really
1: excited.
0: Because you're doing all these stewardship projects and everything. So how could people either get involved with that if they know you're coming to an area they're going to be in or if they just want to keep up with what you're doing?
1: Yeah. So a good way to get involved is become a member. (laughs) But seriously, um, if you're not ready to get your membership, go online to the Access Fund website and check out our calendar of events or get on our email list as a great way to find out about upcoming events and mm-hmm. also the work that we're doing around the country. Mm-hmm. Local climbing organizations. Mm, so yeah. check out your
2: region on our website. There's a list of local climbing organizations. Those are the people that we're partnering with. It's your regional folks that are getting out there, getting after it, that are bringing us in and hosting us to come and help out right. with the crags. What we're
0: about sh- uh, American Alpine Club? We
2: yeah, do some partnerships partner with, with them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our calendar, our Facebook page Ask His Fun Conservation Team uh, you can follow our Instagrams so what, are, so, so
0: what are those things tell us
2: I'm a climber I'm Hassler Free yeah. it's like hassle free but Hassler's my last
1: name so it's a little pun I'm are we still th- talking about this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm just it's still a climber not, it's still not
0: clear can you draw an <laughs> illustration for me
1: <laughs> I'm I'm just a climber so
0: Whoa, look knock me, me something.
1: That was me. I'm gonna time out for a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she's gonna Hassler go. Out. She's gonna go <laughs> illustrate how to use a poop tube for us. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no video component.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but seriously, social media is a great way to uh, stay in touch. Access Fund posts articles on Facebook, often about um, stuff that's going on. That we're working on. We also just started a new blog for recipes. Andrea and I are actually submitting some recipes along with the other conservation teams, life on the road, so camp cooking basically. Although we have a pretty gourmet setup from Primus and GSI, so we kind of have a, a bit fancier maybe than the average dirt bag. But still, you know, all you need is heat and a pan, and you can cook most things. So.
0: So is all that stuff on the Facebook page, or that's on the Access Fund website?
1: On the website, but through if you follow us on Facebook, we do post links to those articles.
0: And it's so, accessfund.org, right?
1: Correct. Yep. Yeah. So I think the I'm pretty excited about the recipe blog. It's going to be fun. We've already oh, put yeah. together <laughs> a chile uh, chile eh? recipe.
2: Um, and we place that and beans one up in stuff. Mexico.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's in the duchy, the Dutch oven. Yeah, Dutch oven, rice and beans and stuff. And gata gata. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lots of good recipes to come on the uh, Access Fund. What was it called? Like dirt bag, gourmet dirt bag yeah.
0: recipe blog. So what I like to do sometimes when we when we wrap them up like this is give you an opportunity to get anything off your chest that we have not spoken about. Any deep-seated things that are just waiting to leave your mouth and Enter this microphone.
2: This is a really amazing opportunity working for such a, gosh, I don't have to keep on using hyperbole, but like awesome organization. And we get to live the lifestyle, do good work along the way. You know, the one thing that, that I always like to get out there whenever people say, well, how did you get into that? Or what do you, I had a, a mentor once who gave a lecture on passion, purpose, and destiny. What he said is you really have to find your passion. And if you find your passion, just do it and be about it and live out your passion. And ultimately, uh, eventually, you'll discover your purpose on this planet. And when you start fulfilling your purpose and, and doing that, whatever it is, you will ultimately reach your destiny. You never really know. You know, but if you don't try, you'll never know. I think that that's so important to get that out there that like, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, just make sure it's something that you're passionate about. And even if it's like, oh, I don't really enjoy doing this, but I'm passionate about X, Y or Z. And this helps me get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, You know, just get out there and do it. And and, and don't forget that, that you're not in this alone.
1: I would like to finish off with some words of advice from my dad. <gasps> I, I um, was going to ask just, if
0: we could somehow work your dad back into the totally. show.
1: Totally. So, my dad, Dan McClure, he's awesome. He's a climber. What up, Dan? He always says for, this is more advice for climbers, but yeah. never lie back when you can jam. <laughs> never jam when you can stem. And never jam when you can stem. <laughs> and that right there
0: is gold. <laughs> all right. I think that's where we'll finish that off.
1: <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jason. Oh, thank yeah, you're thank you. Thank you.
0: You may all be happy to hear that Annabelle and Andrea are heading back to Yosemite at the end of this month, this month being May, and they're going to attempt the nose again. So let's wish them luck and hope that they make it to the top of the nose this time and also get featured yet again on El Cap Reports. And speaking of that, you all know what time it is. You know the drill. It's time to go to the website, gogetoutside.com podcast, where you will see a lot of photographs, a lot of cool pictures of them climbing and doing work for the access fund, along with a multitude of links. If you were curious about that aid line they talked about, not only can you see a photo of it, but you can also find a link to beta for it. It is the bill on the Goosehead. And you can follow along on LCAP reports for all of their days on the wall, and see photographic evidence of their hauling bag mishap. But those aren't the only links. There are also links to the Wikipedia page for Lynn Hill, and also links to the Access Fund website, the Dirt Bag Gourmet, the Facebook group for the conservation team, and Instagram accounts for Annabelle, Andrea, and the Access Fund, and probably something else I've forgotten about because there are a lot of links this time. So. Head over to the website. Check it out. GoGetOutside.com slash podcast, episode 49. Now that you've clicked on various things and you've gotten your fingers primed for more clicking, why don't you click on your email account and send us a message at go at ButcherBirdStudios.com or... Maybe you'd rather click on a number pad and make a phone call. Well, you can do that. You can call 818-925-0106 and leave us a voicemail here at the show. But most importantly, if you still feel the need to click on something, how about heading over to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the show, rate the show, review the show, please. And if you do us a big favor, share the show with somebody. Next time on the show, Tristan Gouley, the natural navigator. He is a best-selling UK author and explorer with a whole multitude of expeditions under his belt that I will not even begin to describe in this episode. So come back June 1st and hear all about the exploits of Tristan Gouley. See you then.